0: Hey, I'm Melissa. I'm Jam. I'm a
1: chemist. And I'm not.
0: And welcome to Chemistry for Your Life.
1: The podcast that helps you understand the chemistry of your everyday life.
0: Okay, Jam. Guess what we're doing today. What are we doing? We're doing a question and response episode.
1: Nice. It's been like, how many episodes ago we did the first time of that?
0: Uh, Five, I think. Okay. So we're on a Sweet. nice five. Oh, also, happy 10th anniversary. This is our 10.
1: Yeah, 10, 10 episodes.
0: Wow, can you believe we made it?
1: Yeah, all the haters couldn't bring us down. <laughs> I
0: don't think, I've only encountered encouragers, not haters so far. Yeah, that's true. Um, So we're going to do a Q&R. We've got some questions. We actually have um, not only questions, but some statements.
1: Whoa, statements.
0: Mm-hmm. Like a little bit of a corrections maybe. Oh, mm-hmm.
1: interesting.
0: Before we start that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I want to hear about your week.
1: Dude, yeah. Um, not a ton to say. Any
0: updates on your work, on your work life?
1: No, no updates.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Maybe I should have screened that question before (laughs) I asked it on air.
1: It's okay. Um, no updates there, but I have been keeping busy with other projects and one of those projects came to life this past week. It's a (laughs) hat with a friend of mine, um, and we have been working on it for several months. It's a sort of political humor hat is the best category for it, I would say. And um, it's a thing we're selling. So we're selling this hat online. And um, so it's a it's basically a parody of a pretty well-known political hat. But uh, I won't say too much about it here. Um, don't want to get too into it and definitely um, don't want anyone to be offended at all. But if you're interested in hearing more about it, you can find me on Instagram and you can see information about it or message me about it or whatever. So
0: Find you on Instagram where? On Instagram, what I'm? Um, what's your handle?
1: Oh, I was like on Instagram. That's fine. <laughs> it's J M R B N. So just those six letters. Okay, J-A-M-R-B-N.
0: Nice. Um, I'm a little offended because I was supposed to be in the advertisement for your product, but yeah. I was slighted and left out, and um, I'm pretty hurt. But I guess we're gonna be able to move.
1: Well, past it. we were doing it, and you were there, but then you asked if you could do it later.
0: Yeah, Remember? and then you said no when I asked about later. <laughs> um,
1: we yeah, we're doing. Don't let
0: ad- him talk you guys out <laughs> of it. He slided me. I was excluded from the project.
1: Um, we we're doing an ad, and the sooner we could get it out there, the sooner we could start selling these things because we are eating the cost <laughs> of having them exist at all right now. So yeah, we're doing a uh, an ad to try to get the word out about them. So. I yeah. guess
0: I understand.
1: It's fun though. It's like fun to have projects like this. Yeah. That this is, is a fun. really fun project, the podcast, mm-hmm. um, doing these hats. And so it's, it's been enjoyable to do that kind of stuff. And to see them actually come to life is pretty cool. So yeah,
0: it really is cool. I've had so much fun just, and I did a little post about this on Twitter, but just seeing people get so excited about chemistry. Yeah. And, I've heard some people will tell their friends and coworkers about Mm -hmm. it and they're so excited to share about chemistry. It's just been so fun and people writing in and asking me questions and, um, my friend Erica, who I haven't talked to in a while, reached out and Uh said she was enjoying it. It's just been really fun to sort of, it's an, it's a fun way to get in touch with people again and it's a fun way to share and do science Mm -hmm. communication. I've just, it's like my SciCom dreams are coming true. I'm having so much fun. Okay. What about your week? Oh, I was going to skip that. I was so excited about the questions. <laughs> my week has been good. Um, I'm back in school. I got to collect some of the first data for my research. One of my mm-hmm. students um, pointed out a way I could make it better. So that was kind of fun. Nice. I'm really enjoying my students this semester. And just things have been easy, go and even keel. Mm-hmm. I've been able to see some cute babies recently. Oh, nice. My less than one year old friend, Odessa. Uh-huh. My less than one-year-old friend, Miles. Um, my one-year-old nephew, Edison. I have a really cute picture of him drinking out of a Dallas Stars Cup. It's almost hockey season. Go Stars. Um, so it's been good. I'm just enjoying life. Um, Jim's beautiful wife brought me a Dr. Pepper.
1: Can you hear it? Can you hear the ice? <laughs> Here it is.
0: So, um, yeah. I don't know. It's been good. It's been a really good week. I'm just, I'm just like, you know, living life. It's been good stuff. I'm pretty happy. I've gotten to see some good friends. Just, you know. Yeah. It's been good.
1: You know what to say about life?
0: (laughs) No, I don't.
1: It's meant for living.
0: Oh, (laughs) yeah. So let's get, let's get into these questions and responses. I'm so excited. Me too. These have been coming in and it's been fun to be like, oh, I don't know. Or, oh, I'm going to look into that. Yeah. We've got a few, we, um, there's two that we're not going to address today. Uh One from Kurt D Uh about the origins of atoms. Whoa. We're saving that. We're putting it away. And I just got one is too many, but, um, I just got one yesterday from Sam F about what happens to eggs when they get hard boiled.
1: Whoa. Interesting.
0: it's fun because there are things that I wonder about on a day to day basis. Yeah. And I know that I wonder about them and I've solved them or I've looked into them or whatever, but it's fun to hear what other people are wondering about. Yeah. So I'm excited.
1: Dude, sweet. Okay. Yeah, I am too. It was fun doing the the questions last time. So it makes sense to do it pretty frequently too, because if, if, if more questions build up between times we do it, then it makes it where people are wondering for a long time and they don't have any answers. Yeah. Or um, we'll just have too many before it becomes too hard to address all of them. So, okay. Um, you ready?
0: I am ready.
1: So this first question is related to episode two. This comes from Adam B. And he asks, or he says, hey, Melissa, been enjoying your chem for your life pod. He likes to abbreviate. Um, So do I. May may be similar to the specific heat episode. But as I sit here enjoying a bowl of ice cream with magic shell, I can't help but ponder the chem behind how magic shell hardens so quickly. What's, what is magic shell? I don't know what this
0: is. (laughs) Magic shell. I can't believe you've never heard of magic shell. Yeah, Sorry. Magic shell is liquid syrup that when you put it on your ice cream, it instantly hardens.
1: Oh, interesting. So it's kind of like being able to have a dipped cone sort of deal at your house. I think
0: it's exactly like a dipped cone. I assume they use very similar things, but you know. Yeah. So that's magic shell. Nice. Okay. So I wasn't sure at first. They answer this question, but I had an idea. I Googled to confirm my mm-hmm. idea. Can you think of a household item? Okay. That has the properties of being liquid at room temperature and then solid as it cools down. Long, thoughtful pause. <laughs> okay. I'll just tell you. Okay. Um, Coconut oil.
1: Oh, yeah. So you've
0: seen it be melty and you've seen it be solid. Uh Okay, well, so here's my suspicion. And I Googled uh, to confirm that coconut oil oil was a base. And according to Mm chowhound.com, that was true. Not a base. Coconut oil was a base of magic shell. Now that we had an acid acid-based episode, I don't oh, want to It was like a base element of it.
1: Okay. okay. And it
0: seems that that is correct. Mm-hmm. However, coconut oil doesn't exactly stay liquid at room temperature. Sometimes it can even harden up a little bit at mm-hmm. room temperature depending on what your house is at. Yeah. So my suspicion is, and this is where episode 8 is going to pull in here. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when we talked about how you add salt mm-hmm. to water it increases boiling point, but it also decreases the melting point? Yes. So I suspect that they made a solution wherein the cocoa or whatever was dissolved in Uh the coconut oil and lowered the melting temperature so it would be liquid at room temperature and solid as soon as it hit something slightly colder.
1: Nice. Mm -hmm. And ice cream or whatever is a lot more than slightly colder, especially at the very beginning. Uh It's like a significant change.
0: The big deal would be making sure that it wasn't a liquid at normal room temperatures, like in people's houses who keep it at. 65 or whatever, yeah, and that it doesn't become a brick. So that's my suspicion. I food the food industry keeps stuff under wraps pretty, um, pretty well, and so I haven't been able to confirm a hundred percent what they do. They could also change the molecular structure and actually add in some double bonds or something Uh to make that oil more liquidy at room temperature, which is episode three, yeah, but. So it's hard to say 100% what they do, but they basically will take something like coconut oil that's close to the melting point they want and alter it just enough.
1: Interesting. I learned two things today. One, what the heck magic shell is, because I'd never heard of it. Mm -hmm. Two, how it works.
0: Yeah, I can't believe you've never heard of it still. That is baffling to me.
1: Well, I mean, maybe I shouldn't know about that name. I don't it know. It was a
0: staple of our childhood.
1: It doesn't sound like a food when I just hear those those words, magic shell. It doesn't sound like, food like a food. It sounds like a kid's toy or something like that.
0: Let's get some magic shell for you to eat, and we'll put that on the uh, social medias. I will
1: eat it. I can promise that I will eat it. Yeah, let's do it. I can it. deliver on I want to
0: do it too, though. Don't, you don't eat it without me. Okay. okay.
1: So the next question is regarding episode three. And it comes from Autumn K. And the question is this, what causes the bonds to move in trans fats?
0: Autumn, that is a great question. And the answer to that question is to be continued. I didn't want to leave it sitting for too long. I think Uh I heard a couple of people ask me that in real life too. Autumn actually wrote it in. Um, but it. So we have not ever, that I can remember, covered when in hydrogenation a double bond would move. Hmm. That would require bonds breaking and reforming in ways that I'm not sure how it would switch from cis to trans or move between two different atoms without bonds physically breaking and reforming. And I've done a little bit of investigation on some journals. There one really old paper that I couldn't get access to
1: mm-hmm.
0: that might have explained it. And there's a lot of stuff again, in the food industry that is hard to get information about unless you're in the food industry, or maybe I just haven't figured out how to break into that. So if there are any food chemists listening and you want to reach out and talk to me about things, I would love to learn about food chemistry. Mm. We had a little bit of food chemistry in college, but not very much. Yeah. So, um, so all that to say, I don't have the answer yet, but I am working on it. And also I told you guys at the very beginning that just because I'm quote an expert. Yeah. That doesn't mean I'm going to have all the answers. So this is one of those times. <laughs> yeah.
1: But that kind of makes it more cool too, because it's like you are going to do some investigation on this. Like mm-hmm. we could all Google too, but we wouldn't know if we're getting the right thing. You yeah. know, well, and and it, that's- it's more sophisticated than just Googling. It's like, a, what a specific question. People are really more just asking on Google, like, what is chemistry? Or like, like, where do I science? That's like kind of people's main questions. So, Yeah,
0: that is what's nice about Googling with a basis of knowledge is I can take things in and decide which ones are logical. That is probably right. Versus which ones are... That doesn't make any sense. That's total bogus science. And now you guys, with some of the knowledge that you're getting here in this podcast, have the ability to do that same thing. That's my hope anyway.
1: And you have the connections of a community of scientists that... We don't, we don't have. So like, yes, like you mentioned before, you've been able to talk to some of your colleagues. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Sweet. Moving on. Mm -hmm. The next question is regarding episode six. It comes from Nikki in. And the question is this, I keep thinking of for it And this (laughs) next question is a question (laughs) and I will read it right now. (laughs) I have a question about the boiling episode. So if the boiling point is lower, like in the higher altitude example, is the temperature of the boiling water cooler?
0: Yes. The answer to that question is yes. So if the boiling point is lower in the higher altitude example, it's boiling at lower temperatures. So the answer, the simple answer is yeah. Yeah. Boiling point is not fixed. The boiling points that you know and love are based on the standard of being at sea level. So it's not really fixed. It's just a standard that we're comfortable with.
1: And I only knew that from stories from my family about like mm-hmm. following certain directions on certain recipes or whatever. Yeah. They just had to adjust stuff, especially if something called for a specific temperature on something like some yeah. teas, you know, call for like, hey, have it at the temperature. And they sometimes had to just do whatever they could because they couldn't get it quite hot enough.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's something that... um we sort of skipped over because you already knew that and I was going to hit it harder in the episode and then I didn't have
1: to. I totally cheated. I wasn't representing the every person.
0: No, because you had that connection. But yeah, um, so I'm glad she asked that so we could clarify. And I think that just goes to show there's a lot of things that seem like absolutes that aren't. So mm-hmm. if people are, if someone asks you what the temperature or water boils at, you should say at which altitude <laughs> and then you <laughs> seem smart <laughs> or I mean, yeah, you know, so it really is not what the, is the boiling point of water? Is not one consistent answer. He could changes. also respond.
1: He could also respond with like, what altitude, or are you completely underwater at the bottom of the ocean or on land?
0: <laughs> like we talked about,
1: someone doing or that. have
0: you added a handful of salt? Because that really changes things.
1: Yeah, you can have all these qualifying questions now <laughs> and come across like a total.
0: A total what jam?
1: <laughs> I'm trying to censor myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like a totally uh, smart and pretentious person who thinks you're better than everyone else. Yes. Is. Or you can do it in a fun way, like, oh my gosh, I learned so much about that. Did you know that water isn't actually a fixed boiling point? Yeah. Nothing is. And everyone will be excited.
1: That's true. Yeah, you could do it in a way that's not really like, mm hmm.
0: <laughs> or you could do it in the other way if you mm, want. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never better than you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> for some reason that's the way i assume people do it but there's definitely like a very cool like actually sharing knowledge with you kind of mm-hmm. way of doing it that, so.
0: that's my whole goal in life is to do it in a yeah. cool way and not a pretentious way i have not always succeeded sometimes i do come across pretentiously okay
1: okay um the this next question
0: um our listeners are getting to see a fun new side of us
1: yeah. <laughs> this next question is regarding episode seven and it comes from anthony c Um, here it is. This is more a correction than a question. Oh, no. There are only two types of waves, transverse and longitudinal. Microwaves are a range of wavelengths.
0: Okay. So this is a good question. And I actually discussed a little bit more with Anthony C. And he then said, wait, maybe that's not exactly correct. Or maybe it's based in um, disciplines. So... I'm going to start by saying this. The different quote types of waves that I talked about are uh-huh. differentiated based on wavelength and frequency.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's true. Mm-hmm. So it's all like if you change the wavelength or frequency of a wave, you could get it into a different range that makes it a different type of wave.
1: So from like ultraviolet to... Visible. Microwave to visible light kind of Right. Thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but chemists do colloquially call those types... Waves, so oh, I see. Mm-hmm, so yeah. he's
1: saying they're not types really, they're just yes. different frequencies. But yes, okay. and so,
0: um, I'm not a physicist, and a physicist who's listening might be mad and they might also know more about the different types of waves. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not even just transverse and longitudinal, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but in chemistry. When we're talking about types of waves, we're talking about different wavelengths that fall into a range that have been distinguished by their properties. So microwaves, radio waves, visible waves, UV, mm-hmm. infrared, all those things are distinguished based on their wavelengths and their frequencies. And so we've just sort of put them into groups, but they are, it is all just a wave and okay. then the wavelengths and the frequencies are different. But a chemist I was talking to, I'm not sure if they want to be called out, so I'm not going to say their name uh-huh. said. <laughs> said, yeah, I would just call them types. This is why mathematicians and physicists don't like us because we're not very precise. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that that was funny. And also just a confirmation. I thought, I've only ever heard these called types of waves. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard any distinction about that. And it's just because I'm a chemist. So, mm-hmm. um, so I'll concede yeah. that is a correction. I'm not 100% sure what a physicist would refer to those as. Mm-hmm but that's the chemist view.
1: I feel like you guys are actually precise, but just in different ways. Like like you guys would be really precise in the measurement of something. We put in this many milliliters or whatever of this or like...
0: Well, analytical chemists would. Yeah. Organic chemists are not so Uh precise. So even, yeah, it breaks down within your discipline. Okay. All disciplines of chemistry are equally good and beautiful, but they are very different. Mm. And...
1: That's so interesting.
0: Even within that, like... Chemists and physicists see things differently and biologists are different, Mm -hmm. you know, scientists really do have different perspectives on the world.
1: Yeah. Okay, this next question is also regarding episode seven. It's basically the same question from two different people. Okay. I think the wording we have is from Jason C., Mm -hmm. uh, who is my co-host on Podcast for Your Life.
0: Mm, Podcast for Your Life. Hey,
1: Jason. What's up, dude? And then also Nikki N., who asked a previous question, Ask the same question pretty much. So the question is, do microwaves change the nutritional value of food? I've heard it said that microwaves kill some nutrients in the food you reheat.
0: Um, This is a very broad question you're asking. I'm not, again, I'm not a food chemist. Mm-hmm. I really should probably take a course. I've never been in a place that's offered one I want to so badly. Yeah. But this is a very broad question. I don't even know what you mean by nutrients in some of these cases like are we talking vitamins are you talking proteins are you talking carbohydrates so what nutrients you're talking about mm-hmm. the way those interact with microwaves would be different mm-hmm. so we would need to clarify some of that the biggest thing i can say is i think it's possible that there could be some bonds breaking some proteins denatured mm-hmm. um Things like that could be happening when they're exposed to heat if they absorb the microwaves. Mm-hmm. But that would be true, I think, for any being exposed to any kind of high heat can change the chemical makeup of your food. Yeah. So I'm not sure that microwaves are going to be any worse or better than any other type of cooking. Mm-hmm they will change some of what's going on, but I don't think also they'll do it so significantly that it's not valuable to eat vegetables
1: anymore. (laughs) So (laughs) you're saying like, so say I take some broccoli, Mm -hmm. if I cook it in the oven versus the microwave, um, maybe they'll taste pretty different, but they're both being exposed to heat. And so the effect, if there is any significant effect on its nutritional value, would probably most likely be similar.
0: I think it'd be similar. It's not exactly the same because in the microwave, it's, Being exposed to a certain type of waves, which heat up the water molecules, which heats, you know, a lot of the broccoli is high water content. In the oven, it's just being exposed to heat as a whole. So, it's not just heating up the water content, it's heating up everything. So, that's a little different. And the things that result on a chemical level will be different, Mm -hmm. but... I don't think it would be so significantly different that one would have significantly more nutrients than the other Yeah, being ruined or whatever. I think it might be different ones and that's kind of why you get a different flavor, but I'm not 100% sure on that. I would, we do have a friend who's a nutritionist that I'd like to bring on or barring that I'd really like to get someone who has a background in food science to ask some of these questions because they're really good. But my opinion Mm -hmm. as a scientist I could not find any really great information on this, is that likely they would not significantly damage the nutritional value of your food. And they would do so, all heat sources would do so in similar ways.
1: That's a huge relief to me, knowing that, mm-hmm. like we established a couple of episodes ago in that microwave episode, how ramen noodles are really good for you. <laughs> it's great to know that all that goodness is not being <laughs> removed by the microwave. Like it's still there. Ramen like,
0: noodles... We are not sponsored by ramen noodles, and I am not confident that what Jam is saying should be taken seriously.
1: <clears throat> it is just a huge relief. What I'm <laughs>
0: okay, so I just, we did a quick break mm-hmm. because I was thinking, I didn't really look into this much, and I'm wondering if the internet has anything to say if I can sort quickly through and find some re- reputable sources. And there is a New York Times article that sort of affirms what I'm saying, but also says a little bit more. And so it says that in this is a New York Times article called The Claim, Microwave Ovens Kill Nutrients in Food. Thank you, New York Times, for the work that you do. Everyone get a subscription. Okay. <laughs> and
1: we will link to this article so that you can, we'll do it in the show notes. So that oh, that's a good idea. Get the, the straight up source but yes go ahead sorry
0: so it just says that in studies at cornell scientists found the effects of cooking water soluble vitamins in vegetables and found that spinach retained nearly all of its folate when cooked in microwave but lost 77 percent when cooked on a stove interesting so um really oh and then there's a little bit more that says if you add more water then you can lose more nutrients because the nutrients are water soluble so they'll leach out but mm-hmm.
1: unless you just drink the water
0: the base, unless you... Oh, that's, drink I drink your spinach water, you know? <laughs> sick. Okay, so all that to say that all kinds of cooking will... Putting heat into something will cause mm-hmm. some reactions to take place, likely. And the microwave is not going to be any worse than anything else. In some cases, it might be better. And don't believe everything you hear.
1: I have a slight aside thing that's interesting that maybe we don't have to include. I want to hear it. Okay. I took a nutrition science class one time and this was like... This is, I mean, I was an undergrad, non-science major. So it's not like the perfect, and it's my memory of it too. So it's not like it's great info. I can't, you could probably poke holes in it. But I read this book that was super interesting. It was like a optional reading. And I was like, heck yeah. And I read this book called Fear of Food. We can also link to it in the show notes. Okay. Um, And one of the things, basically it's like all these stories of food um, trends, that were pretty much wrong in some way through history. Interesting. And so it's not like it replaced them with all the perfect science. It was like, hey, here's Mm -hmm. something people thought for a long time. There's this guy who was the pioneer of cooking vegetables. Mm -hmm. And he just, for some reason, thought that vegetables weren't good for you unless you cooked them. Like it was just like weird weird on the rise kind of thing where it was like, Mm -hmm. oh, cooking things like this is much more available to us now. And so he just thought inherently that meant that they were better because they're softer. He thought maybe your body could like, Get Mm -hmm. what you needed out of the out of the vegetables a little bit easier, Um, and so he he would literally cook every single vegetable he ever ate, and just thought that that was the only way. And it, it started, and he was like an advocate for that, so it kind of started this trend of. I don't like, really
0: eat vegetables that aren't cooked, so I'm fine with that. Yeah.
1: Well, it just, I think it was just <laughs> but interesting apples, that- apples,
0: step off my raw apples. Those are the best.
1: I don't know if he did that for fruits. I'm mm, not sure what he did for fruits, but-
0: That is so interesting. That'll it, be a fun book.
1: Yeah. It's very cool. I had rented it. One of those regrets. I rented mm-hmm. it and I was like, man, I wish I could keep this book. I want R- the audio rare. book of that. I bet I bet it's out there. I i mean, I don't know if I remember all those things, but it sounds like really good material to revisit. It's been seven years ago that I read yeah. that. so. That's nice. Okay, so that's that's all the like episode specific questions, but we do we have a fun one that I think yes. was included by you.
0: I wanted to ask a fun question because I felt bad that that I got all the questions and I get mm-hmm. to do all the answering. So, I wanted Jam to get to answer one. So, okay. here's my question for you, Jam. If anyone wants to send in some icebreakers for our next Q&A, we'll probably do one again in mm-hmm. about 5 episodes. Then that would be really fun. We'd love to answer questions if you just want to hear from us. We'll put them at the end after the science stuff. But we also want to hear from your science questions. But if you could have one liquid come out of each of your pointer fingers, Mm -hmm. so it could be the same, I guess, or different liquids, Mm -hmm. what would those liquids be? And you could have them forever. No problems.
1: Okay. So the first one is super easy. Okay. It's coffee. I would want coffee but is it
0: hot brewed coffee or cold brew coffee like what flavor coffee would it be
1: well for year round use because I'm mostly a hot coffee dude except for whenever it's super stinking hot in Texas <laughs> um, I would prefer hot coffee um, to come out of one of them
0: do you think it would be, it would be boiling oh, like how hot do you think it would be when it came out of your finger
1: I would say 170 degrees would be perfect
0: do you think that would negatively affect your body at all or does it heat up as it's leaving your finger
1: let's go with that can I May mm, I?
0: Sure. I guess.
1: I mean, I think right at, at <laughs> drinking temperature would be perfect because like.
0: Somebody used gasoline once and they were like, will that give you cancer? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I, not we.
0: It was on the show that yeah. I'm not a part of, but I feel like they're my friends because <laughs> I listen so much.
1: <laughs> I brew coffee at 200 degrees, but you don't really drink it at that. You usually oh. drink it at like at about 150 or mm-hmm. something like that. I don't know. Nice. So um, so that'd be the, the first one. The second one's really tough. I thought about a few things already. Like one, I could do some sort of cleaning product out of that one because it'd be kind of nice and really, really awesome to have that on hand Mm
0: -hmm. whenever you want. Mm -hmm.
1: But I'm also like, well, I don't know. It's not like I'm always cleaning, but I think, but I am at least three times a day trying to eat something. And so I feel like Mm -hmm. if I could have Soylent come out of my right pointer finger Ooh. Then I'd be toy totally set up. Got the drink I want. Got the food drink that I want.
0: Talk about mixed feelings. Yeah. Jam doesn't like my, probably one of my favorite podcasts, my favorite murder. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't like Jam's life source, which is Soylent. Yeah. It. Can you explain to the listeners what Soylent is?
1: Soylent is a meal replacement drink that is built specifically to be exactly 20% of everything you need of a 2,000 calorie diet. So that's not everybody, but um, it's exactly 20% of that. So all the vitamins that are recommended for that and also like amount of carbs and protein and, and all that stuff. So it's just a little modular bottle of 20% of what you need. And I drink it twice a day, every weekday.
0: And I don't like it because it sounds like soil it. Like mm-hmm. soylent is gonna make you soil your pants is what I think every single time I hear it. I yeah. hope we don't get sued for slander. I've heard it's great and delicious. I'm just not interested in eating something that sounds like soiling.
1: Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I mean, they that's did take their name from like an old sci-fi movie. So I think they're mm. I think they're willing to embrace yeah. whatever. They're just kind of like, hey, we're doing our thing. We're well, nerds.
0: Um, this that's a an useful piece of information about you. Now people get to hear from you and not just me.
1: So Melissa and I have a lot of ideas for topics of chemistry in everyday life, but want to hear from you, just like we have for this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have questions or ideas, you can reach out to us on Gmail, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Chem for Your Life. That's Kem, F-O-R, your life, to share your thoughts and ideas. And if you enjoy this podcast, you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And if you really like it, you can write us a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts, which really helps us to be able to share the podcast with even more people.
0: Um, we want to thank you guys so much for listening. And actually, we're going to do some shout outs. Um, there are some countries who have jumped significantly in the last week in numbers of downloads. So we're just going to shout out those countries Mm -hmm. because way to go. Yeah. So this is outside of the States. This is in um, other countries besides where we're located. So we'd like to give a big shout out to Canada who had an enormous jump Mm -hmm. of about 40 downloads over the last week. Go Canada. I love you. That's where I want to be. We want to shout out the United Kingdom. They have Mm -hmm. also, they've jumped about 25. Way to go United Kingdom. Germany jumped quite a bit around 20 as well mm. and the czech republic which is fun they jumped about 20 whoa sweet so nice. that's been a fun to watch you guys in those countries get excited and maybe are sharing with your friends it's just been really in- yeah. enjoyable to see those go up and imagine it's what's happening
1: kind of mind-blowing it's yeah. really cool
0: it's really fun and we're really excited. We're so glad that you're listening and we want to shout out some new countries. One is Brunei Mm -hmm. or Brunei Mm -hmm. Google. We Googled how to say it so that we could be respectful. And
1: yeah, and neither of us had ever heard of it before. No, not even once. And I'm like kind of love geography and I had never heard of it. Yeah.
0: I had to draw a, I had to hand draw a map of the world and I do not recall (laughs) that country when I was in in junior high, but I'm going to go back and look at the map I drew to Mm -hmm. see if it was there. Yeah. And, Nicaragua, mm-hmm. that's a new one, and Argentina. Yeah. My sister studied in Argentina. Nice. So, yeah. So thank you guys so much for listening in those countries. We've had so much fun watching you color the map in and yeah. and thinking about you there and learning about where countries are. I've had so much fun. So yeah.
1: And say hello to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.
0: Yeah. Reach out to us. Or email. Um, but yeah, we just wanted to thank you all for listening and for wanting to learn about chemistry and for getting excited about it with us because it's been a really enjoyable time so far. This episode of Chemistry for Your Life was created by Melissa Collini and Jam Robinson. Jam is our producer, and we'd like to give a special thanks to A. Kiwasong, who reviewed this episode.